Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of filtration from the renal section on MedBullets.com. Let's get into the episode. Filtration fraction, or FF, represents the ratio between the glomerular filtration rate, or GFR, and the renal plasma flow, or the RPF. This, in turn, represents which fraction of RPF becomes filtered via the glomerular capillaries. The normal filtration fraction is approximately 20% and thus implies that 80% of the RPF is not filtered. The unfiltered RPF will then be part of the peritubular capillary blood flow after entering the efferent arteriole. Note that filtration fraction, or FF, equals the GFR divided by the RPF. The filtered load equals GFR times the plasma concentration. The renal plasma flow, or the RPF, can be determined by using the clearance of para-aminohypuric acid, or PAH. RPF equals the urine concentration of PAH in milligrams per milliliter, marked by UPAH, times the urine flow rate in milliliters per minute, marked by V, divided by the renal artery concentration of PAH, marked by RAPAH, which is in milligrams per milliliter, minus the renal vein concentration of PAH, marked by RVPAH, in milligrams per milliliter. Determining the RPF will allow you to determine the renal blood flow, or RBF. RBF equals RPF divided by 1 minus the hematocrit. Let's now talk about the various different conditions associated with changes in starling forces and its effect on the RPF, GFR, and FF. The first condition is afferent arterial constriction. This causes decreased RPF, decreased GFR, and unchanged FF, which is GFR divided by RPF. The next condition is efferent arterial constriction. This causes a decreased RPF, increased GFR, and increased FF. The next condition is an increase in plasma protein concentration. This causes the RPF to be unchanged, but causes a decrease in GFR and a decrease in FF. The next condition is a decrease in plasma protein concentration. This causes the RPF to remain unchanged, but causes an increase in GFR and an increase in FF. And finally, the last condition is ureter constriction. This causes the RPF to remain unchanged, but causes a decrease in GFR and a decrease in FF. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A researcher is testing a potential new therapy for heart failure that may affect the filtration fraction. To determine this, patient A was given an intravenous infusion of inulin and para-aminohypuric acid, or PAH. Urinary specimens and blood plasma were then collected at regular intervals. The inulin clearance was calculated to be 63 milliliters per minute. The remaining lab values are as follows. Hematocrit is 45%. Plasma concentration of PAH is 0.15 mg per milliliter. The urine concentration of PAH is 60 mg per milliliter. And the urine flow rate is 1 milliliter per minute. Which of the following represents the correct filtration fraction for patient A? 1. 8%. 2. 
16%, 3, 26%, 4, 30%, or 5, 36%. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2, 16%. The correct filtration fraction for this patient equals glomerular filtration rate divided by the renal plasma flow, which equals the glomerular filtration rate divided by the urine concentration of PAH times the urine flow rate divided by the plasma concentration of PAH, which equals 63 milliliters per minute divided by 60 milligrams per milliliter times 1 milliliter per minute, divided by 0.15 milligrams per milliliter, which all equals 16%. Remember, the filtration fraction, or FF, is a measure of renal function and is defined as the ratio of glomerular filtration rate, or GFR, to the renal plasma flow, or RPF. It represents the proportion of plasma volume that is filtered through the glomerular capillaries. In a normal patient, the FF is around 20%. In other words, about 80% of the blood plasma reaching the kidneys goes unfiltered. Ideally, GFR is determined by inulin clearance because inulin is completely filtered by the glomerulus and is neither secreted nor reabsorbed. In clinical practice, GFR can also be approximated using the creatinine clearance. In addition to glomerular filtration, creatinine undergoes minimal tubular secretion, and as a result, creatinine clearance will tend to overestimate the GFR. On the other hand, paraaminohypuric acid, or PAH, is completely removed from the blood, and it undergoes both glomerular filtration and tubular secretion, and represents the volume of blood plasma delivered to the kidneys per unit time, or RPF. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choices 1, 3, 4, and 5 are incorrect because these answer choices do not represent the correct calculation for FF, or filtration fraction. In summary, the filtration fraction is the ratio of glomerular filtration rate, which is determined by inulin or creatinine clearance, to the renal plasma flow, which is determined by paraaminohypuric acid clearance. Next question. A 19-year-old man presents to the emergency department after a motor vehicle accident. The patient reports left shoulder pain that worsens with deep inspiration. Medical history is significant for a recent diagnosis of infectious mononucleosis. His temperature is 99 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.2 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 80 over 55 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 115 per minute. And the respiratory rate is 22 per minute. On physical exam, there is abdominal guarding, abdominal tenderness in the left upper quadrant, and rebound tenderness. The patient's mucous membranes are dry and skin turgor is reduced. Which of the following most likely represents the acute changes in renal plasma flow, or RPF, and glomerular filtration rate, or GFR, in this patient? 1. Decreased RPF and no change in GFR. 2. Increased RPF and decreased GFR. 3. No change in RPF and decreased GFR. 4. No change in RPF and increased GFR. Or 5. No change in RPF and GFR. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 1. Decreased RPF and no change in GFR. 
this patient's clinical presentation is consistent with hemorrhagic shock in the setting of splenic rupture. One would expect a decrease in RPF and secondary to increased sympathetic activity on the afferent renal arteriole. However, elevated angiotensin II levels attempt to maintain GFR via concurrent efferent arterial constriction at least acutely. Remember, the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone and sympathetic nervous system are stimulated in hemorrhagic shock. Angiotensin II, or AT2, acts on AT2 receptors and results in sodium retention and preferential constriction of the efferent renal arteriole. This is an attempt to preserve GFR. Increased sympathetic activity preferentially constricts the afferent renal arteriole due to an increased density of alpha-1 receptors. Therefore, hemorrhagic shock decreases the RPF, but the GFR is maintained acutely. However, if the shock continues without intervention, GFR will eventually decrease as well as the blood pressure continues to fall. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 2, increased RPF and decreased GFR are most likely not present in this patient. Answer choice 3, no change in RPF and decreased GFR describe constriction of the ureter or an increased plasma protein concentration. Answer choice 4, no change in RPF and increased GFR describe a decrease in plasma protein concentration. And finally, answer choice 5, no change in RPF and GFR would not be seen in constriction of both the afferent and efferent arteriole. In summary, volume depletion stimulates the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone and sympathetic nervous system, which causes constriction of the efferent and afferent arteriole, causing a decrease in RPF and unchanged GFR in the acute setting. And that's all for this review about filtration. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.